0: A few years ago, I attended an opening at Flowers Gallery and, amidst a buzzing crowd that characterizes these uniquely hectic London events, was struck suddenly by a moment of stillness. I found myself walking towards a screen tucked into a corner in the back of the gallery where acclaimed photographer Nalav Gander's film The Dark Line, The Thames Estuary, was showing. I was mesmerized and softened by the moving water profoundly more present than I had been just minutes before. But there was also a certain uncanny darkness, a loneliness in the unknown of the water, in the shadow that is in all of us, that drew me towards it. There was a truth in that work that captured the collective human experience, the highs and lows, the flows of life. My name is Rosario Lerija Razbatayev and this is Sublime Art, a podcast that brings you artists from all mediums whose work calls on the sublime. Today, we have the absolute privilege of listening to one of the greatest contemporary photographers and directors of our generation, the Master Nadav Gandhi. Born in Israel and raised in South Africa, at 21 he left for London and remained since. NAVAF has received an honorary fellowship from the Royal Photographic Society, the World Press Photo Awards, and Sony World Photography Awards. He also won the Bribikte Award for his striking images of China's Yangtze River, where I came to know his work. In 2009, he photographed Barack Obama after his inauguration for the cover of the New York Times magazine. Inside, 52 full-color portraits of members of the Obama administration were included, Joe Biden and Eugene Kang among them. This was the most to ever be published by the same photographer in one issue of the New York Times. There's a certain melancholic beauty in Adaf's work that I've always admired, so I was particularly excited to step into his studio in London.
1: So, uh, absolutely.
2: For the last centuries, the philosophers created that extended term to humanity as well as society in general. Are you more inspired by nature or by people? Your portrait work inspires as much wonder as your images of our natural world. I mean, you just said that for you, it's finding that essence in both. But do you ever lean towards one more than the other?
1: Uh, No, and I've never really photographed the natural world. It's always been the Mm man-altered natural world. So it's always been about man. I've never really photographed the wilderness or nature itself. Uh, Only ever as a mirror to there, the concrete junction, really, between the two. Even along the Yancey, when I got close to the source, um, there were pylons in the pictures. So there were still human um, palm prints all over. Um, so no, I don't go to one or the other. All I. I'm earning to more and more is that the pictures are, that the viewer becomes author, that the viewer, it's up to the viewer what they see in a picture, that I'm there to paint the lines, that I'm there to put it on paper, that I'm making the recipe, that you taste it. You taste it. And I'm not going to, increasingly I'm not um, uh, putting any words into your mouth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that touches on your book, actually, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we move bounce on uh, that, the third and, in a way, most recent definition of the sublime is the terror, mm-hmm. right? It's words uncanny. And I find that a lot of your images are uncanny. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, your views on the uncanny and, and how maybe it could relate to your Chernobyl series or God to or both.
1: Well, I suppose um, in those terms the shadow that is in all of us, and there's a collective shadow in society, the darker parts, the parts that we tend not to like, the parts that we are, that we try and stamp out of our lines. But really, if we could come to see as part of us and be gentle with and love, or as much part of us, and are as beautiful as the other parts, I would say that that's what that work is highlighting. Chernobyl was... Uh, a mistake that it was still nuclear, it was nuclear fallout. People were um, uh, dispersed all over Russia, 48 hours, too late. We don't know what happened to them, there no figures really. That's dark. And dust as well, which were the um, nuclear test sites in Russia and Kazakhstan, was a very, very dark period. Um, but we might even be moving to darker periods now. When you look at it now, you don't think of them as that. They seem more obvious in a way than what's going on now. Seems far more terrifying in a way. And then there's climate as well, which I think has come into very much lately into my remit, into my vision. So I am looking at nature quite differently. So when you look at my past work, where I really, uh, have stayed away from the natural world, I'm now looking at it quite differently. I'm looking at nature as, um, in a far more tender way, not as brutally as I was. I separated myself much more. I wasn't part of it, I'm becoming much more part of it with the climate conversation that goes on. I live with an activist, so it's very much in our, home, in our household. And I think that what it conjures up this sort of um, uncertainty, care care and remorse for young people who are, who are coming into this world, and what's the future. All of these things really you know, matter to my work. They, If they're in my heart, they're going to come into your work. I don't right, yeah. write in notebooks what I want to be doing and then go and photographs according to it. It just percolates all the time. So what I'm doing now on my computer and looking through my old prints in my archive and trying to put together work that will mean something going forward. All of these feelings that, we, that I've just talked about are coming up. So when you talk about the sublime and the darkness and the awe of nature and all of that, I feel like there's we're right on the brink of, yeah. of collapse. And out of collapse, I think, will be a wondrous new uh, awareness and a new way of living. I can't even put it into words. A new... A new consciousness that my generation won't even come close to, that yours, younger, being born now, will. And it's got to do with community and society and who knows what. And that's what I feel that we're in a transition. And my work feels like it needs to uh, be part of this transition of how I'm seeing it. Yeah, it's wonderful.
2: I can't uh, wait to see. You too. You yes, But you know, a lot has happened since, since the last time you spoke. Yeah. Of, you're, you're talking about going to your art time. I can imagine it was triggered by you know, the pandemic that we lived through. But also, right before the pandemic, we released a book yeah. called The Meeting. Mm. And it was right after we spoke, actually. So, before we dive into the pandemic and how this problem played into all the work now, I want to ask you about the meaning. What is the meaning? Why is it important?
1: Because I had I had so many pictures of people um that I love and that I've always I've always kept separate in a way to the other work I did, although always knowing what I said to you earlier, that when I look at a picture like that or I look at a picture from the ANSI, there's no difference in my uh the feeling I I get, not with the subject matter, but the relationship that I can have to to a message or to another message, to an atmosphere, to a... It's like a a poem maybe about a river and a poem about a person. You can get the same thing from both poems. So I knew that, but I always kept them separate because subject matter-wise, they seem hard to put together. And the meeting was really a way for me to put it out there and say, this is equally what I do and mm. I'm just as proud of this work and it means just as much to me as the other and I have particularly left out some pictures that might have been more art directed than others if they were done for a client but the meeting was all about these meetings that I had and the meeting is as much what is it that you pursue that question again that, mm-hmm. that meeting and I love the idea of um, portraits but there's you know there's no there are no two quarters of a person that are ever the same. And this idea that a person walks into probably the studio that we're sitting in now, and they come with the baggage that they've been born with, and then encountered from their parents and their school and their teenagers, and the taxi ride here, and if it's raining, and the fight they might have had with their partner, and they walk in the room, and there's my baggage from my school, my partner, and we meet. And it's in that meeting. How is that? Am I am I on that day, Am I not? How are they? What happens? The light that I've provided, the light that I change it to, and that's the meeting. It's like a dance. And it's it's, it's amazing. Um, it can be really tense, it can slow, it can be difficult, like it was with the immature. Um, and hence the Hence the title. So that's what that work is. How many were there? 350 pictures, 350 meetings, 300, looking at a person's face, preparing for them, working with them. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing um, making portraits in that way and seeing what, seeing what floats up. Yeah, you just described
2: this uh, shared human
1: experience actually that we've been alluding to exactly effort. exactly I mean, exactly um it's not as people think that i'm kind of delving down into the soul of a person you know that that picture is printed on two millimeter fifth paper you say it can't hold a person's personality it's the it's the act it's the a cadaver's resemblance, it's a spark in the eye, into something that the viewer recognizes in something they felt themselves. Mm -hmm. So one person might say, God, I found that I I was brought to tears by that. another person might say, Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't that intimate. It's one's reaction to what you recognize in a person's face, gesture, clothing, playfulness. Envy, whatever it is, it's it's what you recognize in yourself. How you become in relationship, or in relation to that picture. Yeah, that's so
2: beautiful. how we all relate to one another.
1: Yeah, it it is, and 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 in the flesh, we we so often read it wrongly. We all know that we so often say, "You know, you really hate me that," and the person says. This is what happened, and you go, Oh my god, I totally misread that. It's it, we we read it and we don't, and also subconsciously, we read each other. We notice if somebody looks away and crosses the their hands. We we communicate far more than just by speaking, um, it's our gesturing, it's the brain waves, it's there's so much that goes on. So, the photograph can actually be uh, incredibly truthful to a human condition. And it, it isn't lying because it's your own experience that you feel it. So you're not looking at Obama and going, oh my God, I know him. You're looking at Obama and going, he's making me know myself. That's a, that's a good one. But let's, let's go on to the
2: pandemic. After you released the book, this event nobody expected or mm. most of us didn't expect having the global pandemic made us all stop and reassess our work our life did the pandemic change the way you work the way you think about stillness
1: hmm. I think the pandemic um, I remember it being so profound for me finding myself and my whole family sitting on our surface and making bread as everybody did because the Oddest, most profound two weeks in a way, getting used to it—the separation that that almost—I um, can't even describe it. Like mankind's relationships, all severed, you know, all, all separated, all, all uh, You might as well all have been in your own bunker in your garden, or just felt so weird. But I'm still trying to remember it because I remember it being profound. I'm saying, but I can't feel it anymore. But I came into the studio weeks into it because I felt I had to make work. And I just felt... I, and I remember coming here and what, what I did wasn't very good. I went home again. And I think it was some weeks later that I came back and I don't know how it happened, but I started photographing those little people that were... And
2: you in, still have them?
1: I still have them, yeah. They're in a box, yeah. They're very small. They're only um, two and a half inches big. And they used to pepper around my... Oval, very simple train set. They used to be there, my imagination would have them acting different things. And once again, they performed. And I found myself putting them in a very melancholic position, really looking into the blackness, wondering, the unknown, what is going on. And I like that series a lot. Um, It's it's small, uh, but it really suits the time really well. That's all that I really remember. I mean, I I feel very privileged that I was, you know, able to stay at home and not worry too much. I have my family with me. We, we, We all have good health, so, you know, we weren't particularly worried. And it became a really lovely time in a way, really amazing time, blessed time, really beautiful time that we spent together. Fucking hell, it was really Oh, the beginning, which. Um...
2: Yeah, and you're looking back now, it's, it's very odd, but it's, it's your interesting paradoxes. I find it so strange because it, it felt so lonely in a way because we were alone in our houses, seeing a and of people, but I've never felt so connected to mm-hmm. other people as well, to my immediate bubble as we have here in, in the UK, but oh, also to my family members across mm-hmm. the ocean, you know, talking to them on the FaceTime, truly stopping and listening rather mm-hmm. than being pushed ahead by the flow of the world and at adopting things, you know, manic, the mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm.
1: I think what you've just said is mm-hmm. you, you've hit it. Everything that I've, that I was mumbling about, <laughs> that is spot, that's really spot on. You're so right that everybody really mattered. People were precious. Loved ones were precious. We touched on it earlier that vulnerability is one of the most important uh, glues really for friendships, for relationships. And I think we were feeling really vulnerable. And I think we still are asserate those that are aware and with time, what's going to happen. So there's a real, yeah, there's plenty has happened since COVID and it still is.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's set up late, you were just talking about this new sort of consciousness we're going to come into and in a way, I, I, who knows what's going to happen, but that almost felt like a piece of what was coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, who knows, but I agree. And it, 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 interestingly, I think if there was another lockdown or something, I think that uh, England just wouldn't lock down. people just wouldn't. Well,
2: I have to say, I also love that series so of the figurines of the Pulse it Was really wonderful,
1: um, and Well i was working at the BBC at the time, so it was something he did. Oh, of course, that's right. In fact, I forgot about that. I started it, and then I was here in the studio working on it when Stephen Barber called me, and it was actually exactly what I needed. Stephen said to me, "Um, I'd love to commission something," and I said, "Well, don't go on because." As long as it's what I'm doing, I don't m- mind, you know. It's like giving you a, you know, giving you a parameter, which is basically a time parameter. So I couldn't just mess about what I'm doing right now. If I had a parameter right now, of you are having a show in seven last time, I would certainly be uh, more motivated. And that's exactly what he did. I think he put me in contact with the magazine. To right. The, the guy, mm-hmm. yeah? And we spoke, and they did have a time. And so I worked much harder and with that uh, parameter, which helped me quite a lot. Mm. I love that. Yeah, so I got um, yeah, the impetus to carry it on. And then after that was published, I did a second series of the same work. And in fact, now I've made a figurine of myself. Have you? Yeah. I and, wanted, and I want to carry on. I want to
2: carry
1: on with that girl. Yes, right? yeah
2: <laughs> that's great <brilliant.
1: laughs> so yeah there's a place in the yard that you get photographed, yeah. and then uh, that comes through the post about four weeks later
2: it's quite well, cool well, speaking of being all connected and all media at the same time, do you think that this uh this series this this pause um also relates to our constant digital connectivity you know people are somehow very very connected and yet they're more lonely than ever, we have all these cases of mental health happening. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, that plays, uh, plays into
1: loneliness. I don't know. I don't know if I'm the right generation to be talking about that kind of connectivity. I think more and more people
0: are realizing
1: the health and sort of distancing themselves from those things that just really took hold when they first happened um, and finding that they are happier more and more. You're hearing that. I can't I couldn't really say more about it. That's not my feel really. No. When I think of loneliness it's very connected to being alone as well. So you know, loneliness, it's not just negative, it's um, it's that uh, awake falling asleep time too that is so uh, in that state. So it's something like that. So it's quite different. I don't think it's um clear as all I'm lonely, I'm depressed. Um it's not so on earth, I think, as that. Mm. And it's very personal. And I'm not so connected on social media. I have Instagram, I do have a little bit.
2: I'm a fan of your Instagram, so. Please <laughs> keep doing this. <laughs> right. Well, so, to end the interview, which, mm-hmm. thank you so much for the thing. As usual, a meditative state. Right. Um, what, uh, what do you think is going to... Well, you already said that, obviously, you don't know how this will... Make shape, What, what are you seeing for the future for yourself? Are you going to continue to look at your archives or are you thinking about shooting
1: a new series? or uh, All of that. I'm thinking with the world in the flux it's in, where am I with that? Am I okay just believing that art is necessary for mankind in any form or in any form that challenges? I guess that's one of my definitions of art that it's not just good looking that it's that it that you're in relationship with it it changes with you as you change uh, that it challenges you someone that it asks you questions am I happy with it like that or 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 really with with such a um, change of foot with such unknown things coming with with politics with um, globalization with climate change if I need to be focusing more on how I um, highlight these issues, not change them, but highlight, bring Mm -hmm. awareness to it, bring awareness to how a viewer views those things. Or is it enough just to carry on in my Mm -hmm. own, bubble, but my own way of working, which is how we have best speaking for the last hour.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Or do I need to find ways to actually work more succinctly with those subjects?
2: Because it's so easy to slip into the state of, you know, we've been talking for so many years about these extreme climate events that are going to happen. Now they're happening. You know, the, the summer has been the hardest in 500 years in Europe. And yes, we, we talk about the heat wave and how hard it is, but I don't think people fully realize how unusual these events are, How much they're going to increase and how maybe each time we're just going to make them into the norm. You know how much each time it just be, like slips into our everyday life and forget that it was ever different.
1: I think we are able to in England, but those people in Su- in Sudan and Eritrea this year can't. They starve. They're moving because their crops are there. In England, we just if we can't get our wheat from Ukraine, we get it from Texas. Um, the price goes up, we moan a bit, but we're still the same. So to what you're saying. Yes, for a few years will in the north, in the northern hemisphere will will just kind of slip by. But in the southern hemisphere, you won't. And at some point, if predictions are right, half of Africa is going to arrive in Europe because there is no food there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get social collapse, and who knows what. But I'm hoping that by that time, the digital world has helped us somehow but this new consciousness has helped us that we have addressed certain ways that, of how we can live under those circumstances. But it's not going to be as easy as this last year of, wow, was hot and now it's raining and we're fine. It's definitely going to mount up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny you mention the crops in, in, in Africa
2: because in a, I don't know if you saw those images or something. Or something, or something. This, speaking of photography, this really struck me in the news. Mm-hmm. But there's this river in Germany, a like, uh, river Elbe. Yeah. That uh, it it went down enough that this writing from the 16th century appeared in, in German, saying if "You see, weep," which obviously means there's going to be incredible variations mm-hmm. here. Of course, because of you just mentioned globalization and our interconnectivity around the world. Right. In Germany it's not gonna happen, but in another era it would have.
1: But when that when that message was written had had a dropped to that level, it would have been the people, you know, because we weren't global. Back, people would have starved in Germany at that point. But yeah. now Germany just gets it from somewhere else. So we are we are not feeling it. But I hear my wife offering case to that. Oh, but you know, they'll come. The rain will come. Yeah, but it didn't in the global south. They're ready for it. We are, but they're really shooting. Yeah. So, um yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a big subject. Definitely. Well
2: on that. <laughs> I really want to thank you for welcoming us and for your beautiful studio. It's it's always a pleasure experience to talk to you.
1: I want to thank you. It's so nice. it's good. lovely you asked me. Um, and I feel good you asked me. And you ask great questions, and I learn a lot. So thank you. Thank you. It's
2: great.
0: If you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. You can also follow us on Instagram at Sublime Art Podcast. Don't miss our next episode where we explore the sublime with another artist.